Welcome back to One Book That Changed My Life, where entrepreneurs and experts share one book and the life-changing principles they applied. If you love that flash, that spark of inspiration when a great idea just leaps off the page at you, but you don't have time for all the amazing books you run across, then this podcast is designed for you. In each episode, you'll discover business books, past and present, that are changing the lives of people just like you and come away with insights you can put into action right now. So let's jump into the latest book. Welcome back, everybody. This is the One Book That Changed My Life podcast. Our special guest today is Sophie Sheesh. Uh, that is the correct pronunciation of that name, as far as I can tell. <laughs> yeah, She is a, uh, a lovely person with an amazing background. She's the founder and CEO of Be Current, and she's going to be opening up. And we'll talk a little bit about that because she's going from a lot of one-on-one work to more uh, group and one-to-many work. So you have an opportunity to get involved with that. Uh, she just got her book picked up by a publisher. We'll talk about that a little bit. She's a multiple TED Talk. Uh, and by the way, you should check out her TED Talks on YouTube. They are fantastic. And uh, and just has a really amazing background that we don't... If we, if we covered it, like if I gave your resume, basically it would take me the next 15 minutes of the show just to give your resume because you're a serial entrepreneur, a serial founder. You've done some amazing things that we don't, I wish we had time to cover. Uh, so first of all, welcome and thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me here. And thank you for learning how to pronounce my name, which mm-hmm. I don't remember any American ever saying my name properly. So thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you are uh, obviously French and, 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 and speak multiple languages. So uh, if people hear, people hear the accent, but you live in the States for a long time, right? I've been here almost 30 years. I was raised in Barcelona, Spain, although I was born in France. So I remember, and I was in an American school. So I remember before four years old, wondering if I had to, like each person was a different language in my life. <laughs> and I remember having this confusion as a child of like, oh my God, am I going to learn a language every time I meet another person in my oh, wow. And you know yeah. what? Maybe Maybe we do. When we learn someone, when we meet someone new, maybe we should approach it like it's a new... It's a new village in ways. So maybe yeah, that was a very good true. Thing. Yeah. yeah, it's such a good thing. I, I wish that's uh, that's one thing I wish I would have had that I didn't was just growing up in the Midwest. There was no exposure to foreign languages. So that part of my brain is snapped tight uh, and closed. Uh, the closest thing I have to it is the language of music. And that that does some interesting and fun things to your brain. But sadly, it does not give me the ability to easily learn French, which I would love to speak. If you knew how many, if I got a dollar for every person who says to me, I went to college and I, I spoke French and then I didn't practice and then I lost all of it. And it's yeah. like literally every person yeah. here has done a version <laughs> of that. So music is a language. Funny enough, the book I picked for today was written by a conductor. And so there's lots of uh, parallels and metaphors that he uses with music. So, huh. Yeah, Art of Possibility. So this is the Rosman Stone Zander and Benjamin Zander. So it's called yes. The Art of Possibility. Um, yes. So let's uh, let's jump in. Just set the scene for me a little bit. We'll talk about your book getting picked up towards the end. Um, but since you mentioned the book, let's just let's just go there. Um, set the scene for me a little bit. What were you doing, and what period of your life was it when you kind of ran across the book? It was so. Um, as you mentioned, I'm very eclectic. I was starting another business um, at the time, and the book was recommended by a friend who had recommended another book before, which was very re- revolutionary for me. And so it was one of those like. When that kind of person gives you advice to read a book, you read it. You know, it's just like one of those. And so the other book was also very powerful for me. I was managing teams at the time. I was a perfect fit for that. But this one is more of an inner journey, but in the midst of a very modern kind of setup. Like it's, uh, I don't think he would say, it, the, the authors, I don't think they would say it's a self-helpy book at all. 
Uh, it's more the story of their lives and the intertwining of this woman who's a um, psychologist and this man who's a, a conductor. And it's the mix of people and music and sounds. And they've come up with these 12 um, rules. Funny enough, one of them is you should never follow rules. So, of course... <laughs> very creative people. My life, I had just started dating the men that I'm with now. And I had read the book previously, but I thought, oh, I want to listen to this book with him. And we ended up reading it together. Like I would read a chapter, he would read a chapter. And, and in my mind, I was thinking, wow, if he doesn't like the book or he doesn't get the book or he doesn't resonate with the book, not my guy, yeah. like type of thing, you know, it's one of those. And so I remember evenings of just sitting there and reading the book together and having moments of laughing together and crying together. They're, they're quite, um, I would say the talent of both of them is they hit emotional chords really beautifully. Mm -hmm. And so you're in the midst of like the story and then something happens and you're just like, oh, <laughs> just like total like turn, you know, like a major right turn that you did not expect. So it was, it was funny enough, not in my business world, it affected me as much, but in my personal life, his reaction to the words and my re and our interaction through the words was like, we were, we were like, we were like jamming, you know, with what we were thinking of this book and it was, it was beautiful. So that's, awesome. that's a little bit unusual probably as an entry point for a book. That is. Uh, what, what still sticks out to you? Was there any certain chapters or, or you mentioned the rules? Was there any certain rule that still sticks out these years later? You know, I, what I can, yes. And the 12 None of them did I go, eh. all of them were creative and original and not the usual, like the 12 things or whatever. Like it was very surprising. The one that touched my heart the most was because he spoke really intelligently of this note. It's called giving an A uh, as in a grade. And the chapter is about give people the benefit of the doubt. When you approach, you know, a situation, like don't expect that it's, you know, people have anything malicious when they come to any, which at the time I have to say I had, like I was raised in a little bit of a, I don't know, some friends of mine described my household as like I was raised by wolves a little bit. Oh, so in that, so in that just perspective. Just a natural kind of distrust of people until they prove yeah. themselves trustworthy. Yeah. Okay. And French, you know, doesn't help. Like French people tend to be like, you know, prove to me that you're worth, you know, my whatever. And it could take like 15 years, you know, to get that. But definitely, I would say my my initial approach to people was definitely not to give people an A and to expect the best of them. And that was a that was a really big one for me. Like, I don't, do you relate to that? Like, is it easy for you to just like trust or give people the benefit That's of the That's a really good question. Because uh, I, I had great childhood, great relationship with my immediate family. But just beyond that, extended family wasn't great. And so, yeah, we did have an interesting mix where, uh, and I'm an introvert by nature. I'm, I'm an extroverted one, but I'm an introvert by nature. So my circle of trust is relatively small. So, mm -hmm. that, so I do surround myself with people that I deeply trust. But yeah, there's a, there's a moat filled with alligators around that inner circle that people do have to you know swim over to get into the inner circle. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it wasn't, yeah, it didn't come from my immediate family, but it came from being exposed to the world outside of that. And my family kind of circling the wagons, basically. And we were the only ones that, that could really trust each other, which is interesting. Mm. Yeah. It is interesting that we build our world, of course, according to what happened when we were children. And of course, as we mature and adult, ideally, we evolve and we, you ideally. know, and books do such a beautiful job at that. The yeah. other chapter that really moved me, so he's a conductor and he tells a story. Um, I think the, 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 the rule itself is called uh, lead from any chair. 
And it really it kind of sets the stage around every musician, like in, a, in an ensemble of musicians, you know, really everyone can be the, like anyone could mess everything and everyone could, you know, uplift everyone. Mm-hmm. And so I won't, I won't ruin the stories for you, but there really is a story in there that just like, it will never leave me. Like it's a very, very profound learning of don't, you don't need to be in the role of a leader to lead, nor do you need to let leaders lead you if you don't like how they're leading you. Like it just kind of like broke all the, the myth of what being a leader or not being a leader might be. And I actually watched um, Whiplash. Have you seen Whiplash? I haven't, but I know the movie you're talking about. Oh, please see this movie. But it's similar to music. You know, he's a drummer and he's trying to get into, well, he is into this very difficult school to get in. And the teacher is insanely mean and just really kind of, I mean, really looking back, probably more like abusive and family of how to treat people. But there are these moments where the ensemble is playing and one guy is not hitting the notes and it's ruining the entire experience. And he does this whole shtick about, you know, every one of you can make all the difference for better and for, of course, ruining it. And I remember having this vision of birds. You know how birds, like flocks of birds, like they'll turn right altogether. And there was always this sense of like, how the heck do they know how to do that? Like, do they have like a Facebook page? You know, like... (laughs) At two, we will make a right turn or something, you know? But the turtles, you know, that are coming in, you know, like to deliver their babies in like Costa Rica, I saw that and all the turtles all of a sudden from everywhere are just coming out. But how do we do that as a team? You know, like how do we naturally evolve so that we know where we're going? And the fact that every one of these birds, you know, I don't know if you know that, but flocks trade their leaders all the time so that the leader can rest and then another bird takes the lead. And then when he's tired, he takes like, they literally shift leadership so that they can recover. And that's what that, that particular chapter was about this idea of like, not only can you make or break what's happening, but also take care of yourself and pass on the leadership to someone else and pass the baton in a way that everyone gets to play. I was very, very moved by that. And and at the time you were managing a lot of people and and managing teams. Did did you find that it changed how you related to the people? Did you did you did it help you get people in your own organization to kind of step up into leadership roles? There were about three hundred and fifty people at that time in my company, and I'm I'm wondering now that you ask it that way. I'm wondering if the resonance I found with this chapter was because I've always related to that. Like that piece was not like, oh my god. I've always loved this idea that the one that has the best idea, you know, is the one we're listening to. And it doesn't have to be any kind of hierarchical. I remember having a company years ago, actually a consultant company, and we were sending brochures that, that tells you how long ago, maybe 20 years ago. And the guy who was doing the shipping for us was, you would have possibly called him a bit simple, maybe Mm -hmm. Um, like, he, you know, but he, his days were like shipping and packing and packing and shipping all day. And one day he comes to the office and I'll never forget. It was when the CDs, the big round guys became these little business cards as CDs as well. You could put them into your CD player and they were like this big. And he came to a meeting and he was like, I think we should turn our brochure into this little, you know, thing of the future. And I, some people in the room were like, well, who is this guy to tell us whatever? And I remember thinking, he's the guy who's packing the thing. He, he, nobody but him could have the clarity and the intuition and the sense of something which obviously became very true. Like who wants to kill trees and send brochures and waste everybody's whatever, then a a little click you could do on your computer. So 
I've, I, th- I think this one may not have been a resonance of like, oh my God, I've always you know, wanted to know this, but rather, oh, wow, I believe that too. And someone who spoke it so beautifully and poetically and using this beautiful conductor metaphor um, was a, was a, almost like, a, like framing it even better for me, maybe. Hey, it's Matt. And if you want to turn your expertise into a lifestyle business without spending all day on social media, that is the question I am obsessed with. And you can get all of my podcast episodes, articles, sketches, videos, etc. It all goes into the Microfamous Field Report, which is available only on Substack. So go to microfamous.substack.com. Enter your email address to get access for free. And now let's get back to the conversation. Yeah, I, I like that. And it's that, yeah, there's so many really great metaphors from uh, like if you have a musician background. And, and I know a lot of people in marketing in my space have either a, a musician background or an art background, but, but music is different. It's mostly collaborative, right? And, and most bands don't have a leader. They have some strong personalities, but you know, most of the time it's a collective effort mm-hmm. and um, it's you lead by influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I learned that because I, I, I joined, I started joining like real bands, uh, when I was in my mid twenties, but I was always the youngest person, like 15, 20 years younger, a lot of times oh. than the other members. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like I wasn't the leader. I, I, I was challenged to lead through influence, yeah. not by having a position of leadership, which is great training. It turns out for the rest of the stuff in business. Cause it, yeah, I mean, once you, when you're at the top of that hierarchy of 350 people, you, it kind of dawns on you that, yeah, I have the position, but that's not enough. Like it's oh. much better to still lead from influence and, uh, and, and encourage other people to do the same than it is to just fall back on the fact that you're the founder and the CEO and you have to do what I say. Like it just doesn't work as well. Oh, the do what I say. Oh my God. Shoot me in the head right now. I was so the least interested. I mean, I've, Honestly, I've only worked once for a company that gave me a check as a salary. Like I've been an entrepreneur. That's it. There's a cute story that apparently I was six years old that I was gifted four pencils and I would have gone to the sandbox and came home with like 16 pencils. Like I did a whole, some shigimaru of like selling and buying. And so I was in the 12, I started a clown little affair that we could bring clowns to parties. I mean, I was definitely, my DNA is definitely go out and do your thing. But the notion that I would have more wisdom on anything than anybody else is is not interesting to me. I mean, as you said, when we started talking together, you said, uh, you know, I'll start from a place of curiosity. And part of my bone structure went like, well, what other way is there? You know, <laughs> because even if you knew that book, the way we would have spoken together would be a complete curiosity, like completely new. So, yeah, I like this idea that I raised my kids that way. Like I remember my my friends that had kids the same age and we would hang together and I would watch these dynamics of like, well, clearly I'm taller and I'm in control. So you do what I say, you eat what I tell you, you dress the way I say. And it was like, first of all, what's the fun in that? Like I loved having my daughter come out of the closet with this complete bizarre combination of clothing yeah. and find her creativity, you know, be so juiced up by that. So I definitely love that dynamic that everyone has their piece and then you play your piece and I play my piece and somehow something exists that would not have existed, would not have been for what you brought and what I brought. It's totally, totally excites me. Yeah, I think uh, there's, you know, and not the McDonald's is a great example, but I think uh, like outside of just the initial hamburger and fries and shake that they started out with, like all of their signature products 
all bubbled up naturally from the people that just ran the franchises. Yeah, Mm. they were just, it was just the people on the ground. It wasn't the people at the top that had the best ideas for all their best-selling products. It was the people that were running the restaurants and talking to the customers. That is so beautifully said. Hard to keep in mind sometimes, especially when you're, you know, because as the entrepreneur, like this is, it's your baby, it's your kid. You know, uh, like I don't have kids, so my business is my kid. And I, I, you know, like it's extremely important to me. Um, so it's hard sometimes to be open to others' suggestions, sometimes because you're so far out in front of them in terms of the, the level of thought, vision, that you, the, yep. the vision, yep. you know? Um, yeah, so I think there's, there's something there where looking at ourselves as more of a conductor, uh, that's, a, that's a very entrepreneurial way to look at running a company as opposed to like a military top-down decision-making model. So it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a great metaphor for how to actually run a company that people would enjoy being a part of. It's funny because the other book that this guy had suggested to me, Stan Slap, I think it's called Death in Conference Room B. And it's kind of going after, you know, these meetings that are completely irrelevant and these managers that don't. And part of the, what you just said really resonated with, you also don't get the best of people. Like if you treat them military style, you know, how, how, what percentage do you think they like keep outside and not bring in where inviting vulnerability and creativity and having an environment where people truly feel safer. And I say safer, not safe, safe, because when the boss is in the room, you still have the boss in the room. And that, Mm -hmm. you know, that still is a, is a thing, a force to reckon with a little bit, but I would, I would say the, the, the leaders that I admire have been able to create a space where there is a respect to a leader because, you know, you are the one that's up at night and making sure everybody gets paid and all of that. But there is also an exchange and an enrichment because if I hire you and I don't think your contribution is adding anything, I just want you to like do what I say. That's there's something not, there's something not fully aligned. That that means you can write some software for them to do their, their job. Just, just write, (laughs) just pay to have the software written and let the software do it. Yeah. If you don't value their input and there's nothing unique that they bring to the role, yeah, yeah, you might as well just automate it. So, all right. So let's talk about this real quick. Uh, I want to talk about how people can get connected up with you. And then just you're you're so excited about the book deal that you basically just just struck. I want to talk a little bit about that before we end up. So, so uh, yes, I, I wrote the book actually two years ago, the year of the election. We were preparing for the election and every publisher that loved the book was like, yeah, come back in two years because for now we're really busy with political um, books and also, you know, the Me Too movement had started and the Black Lives Matters. And I think they were really wanting a little bit more ethnicity than some white chicks from Paris, you know? So I think there was a, there was a, there was an interest and the book was really liked, but somehow it didn't really go anywhere. And my personality being what it is, I was just like, great, I'll go do a documentary and I'll go start a different company and we'll see what happens. But a couple of weeks ago, a month, three weeks ago, a friend of mine read the book. Uh, asked me if they could read it. And she was so moved. And she called me and she was like, oh my God, I want to pass it on to anyone I know because some, you know, it taps into, of course, my journey. So the book is called War and Piece of Cake. And it is the journey of having lost 200 pounds, which is, you know, you and some probably. And it's a lot, you know, to have been the twice as much half of myself. You know, it's like a whole really, and I did it with a lot of inquiry in the process. And so the book is the result of that. And it's, um, and so after she read the book, she was so excited. I was like, you know what? I put a lot of work in that book. 
And let's just kind of follow some tracks. And so I call a friend of mine, Gay Hendricks, who writes um, lots of books and has written The Big Leap. You should probably have. I could have used The Big Leap for today, actually. I love that book. And he sent me to his agent slash publisher and we totally hit it off and the book will be out and much faster because it's a bit of a hybrid from the normal publisher. But uh, I'm super excited having a book out. Have you written a book? Do you have a book out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one that's sitting over my shoulder there. Came out oh. February of 2020. Oh, really time. right before, right, right before. Wow. Yeah. What an anniversary. And so. then self-published for a lot of the same reasons. Like I couldn't, there's no way I could be patient enough to wait two and a half years for a traditional publisher. Like get it out there. It's too I, much. And then if the book picks up, like if people love it, you know, you can always come back the route if it's important to you, you know, to be published exactly. by some New York or whatever. But I want a book that serves people and I want a book that the stories really move them. And I don't need to wait two years for that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, we might have to bring you back and talk about like the hybrid deal and just how that went because a lot of like people in the audience are authors or will be authors and they'll, they'll want to know about that sort of thing. Um, give me the what's the big idea of Be Current and how does someone in the listening audience know if they're the right person that should check it out? You know, Be Current is about productivity, but not the kind where you just learn to move widgets. It's about finding your purpose. It's using productivity as almost a gateway to your purpose. Like when you say yes to something, is it a real yes? Is it a yes where your body goes, yeah, I really want to do this. So is this a yes, you know, that someone else could do or or you really don't know how to say no. And so you take it. But so it's really, it's a methodology that teaches people uh, to make sure that what they do is aligned with what matters to them. Love it. Uh, and who do you find drawn into the program and who gets the most benefit? Often creative people that have um, a lot of ideas and they sometimes maybe are challenged with the execution a little bit. And I I believe people that are creative are the ones that are going to save our butt because, <laughs> you know, we've become a little bit like wherever you go, it's like it's all the same and everything is standardized in a way that we need the creatives, you know, to, and I feel like it's a bit of a service mission almost like because they're often not that organized you know you if they're the, that creative and so there's a quiz actually on the website if people want to go to take that it's becurrenttoday.com there's a quiz that tells you there's five archetypes and the creatives are the ones that are going to bring what we need and i want to help because i feel like if if they don't put out their ideas and they don't they're not organized enough you know to have their stuff out there then we're going to the boat is, <laughs> I'm afraid our boat's going to drown. And, and we would never know what we missed out on. That's, that's, exactly. That would be the tragedy. Is you, we'd never know. We'd just it is a tragedy it. that some brilliant idea right now is sitting in someone's head and they can't get themselves to sit and type or no. do something with it. And I, I really, I want to serve that. I want to help them get their miracle thoughts into the world of sorts. So that's, yeah. Well, good. I know that's a, that, that's a, a portion of our audience. Let's put it that way. So there's, there's a lot of people that I run into in my, in my circles that are exactly that way. A million ideas, implementation and execution is always the issue because they have more, like really creative minds deliver more creative ideas than they can act on and bring to fruition. So I love it. So it's becurrenttoday.com, right? Yep. That's right. it. Sophie, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Always. Thank you so much. 
Thanks for listening. Thanks for rating and reviewing the show. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other entrepreneurs and experts. Every time you share the show, you're putting life-changing ideas into someone's life. Now, to get the micro-famous field report that helps you turn your expertise into a lifestyle business without spending all day on social media, go to microfamous.substack.com and enter your email to access it for free. That's where you get all my podcast episodes, articles, sketches, videos, everything goes into the micro-famous field report. So go to Substack, sign up for that today so you get that. And stay tuned for the next episode of One Book That Changed My Life. We'll see you there.